Have you ever walked into a classroom and the teacher is sitting at a table with a small group of students who are engaged in a hands-on lesson or reading and discussing an article and you see a small group of students playing a game with test cards and several students independently working on math fact practice or reading silently. Did you think to yourself, how did this teacher get these students so engaged? Why are my students climbing up the walls when I try to sit down with a group of students for a small group lesson? In episode 18, I talked about hands-on activities and math stations, and I gave you seven specific ideas to use as math center activities for your students. Each of the ideas I gave can also be adapted to suit literacy topics, so if you missed that episode, you might want to go back and check that out. Today, the focus is going to be more on the setup and organization of centers and small groups rather than the actual activities. So these tips can be used for either math or literacy or really any station setup. I have even used stations in my science classes in the past. I have seven tips for you today so that you can provide effective small group instruction in your upper elementary classroom. So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to Upper Elementary Simplified, the podcast where busy and overwhelmed teachers find thoughtful ideas to get students engaged in meaningful learning experiences. Hi, I'm Dana Rodebush, former fifth grade classroom teacher and founder of Teacher Tech Studio. I'm here to share practical tips and strategies that will help you grow as an educator. If you are a tired upper elementary teacher searching for ways to cut down your planning time while boosting student engagement, you are in the right spot. Are you ready? Let's simplify. Okay, you have just planned the most amazing small group lesson you could have ever imagined. The activity is so engaging that you know your students are instantly going to be hooked as soon as they sit down at your table. The center activities that you have planned, printed, laminated, and cut to perfection are the best of the best. You have developed a meaningful set of independent practice activities to keep your students engaged in throughout the week. The time has finally arrived for you to get your group instruction started, and you are so excited and are anticipating every detail to roll out smoothly without any issues arising. You sit down at the table and you call your first group over. You are about to start the lesson when you look up to find two of your students searching for the materials they need to complete their station activities. There is a line of students standing at your table, papers in hand with questions that you know they can handle without your assistance. In the corner of the classroom, you see eight or nine students throwing dice at each other and giggling. On top of all of this chaos, you can't seem to find that sticky note you jotted some ideas down on last week when you were planning. Raise your hand if this sounds familiar. Well, I am going to give you seven tips to help you get your small group management under control so you can finally feel like you're being productive with your small group instruction rather than just surviving the chaos. 
Now, I will tell you that each group of students are going to bring about a variety of challenges. So some of the tips that I'm going to give you may or may not be suitable for every group of students that you have in your classroom. With that said, let's get into my list of tips that will help you provide effective small group instruction in your upper elementary classroom. These tips are not in any specific order of importance because they are all super important. So number one is have procedures for everything. I cannot stress this enough. Have a procedure for how students are expected to get materials at the beginning of small group time, how they are supposed to put away table materials, how they are supposed to handle station and center materials, where they can find extra supplies, what they should do if they finish an activity before the timer runs out, how they should ask questions, where they should store their papers throughout the week, and where they turn them in. What's the bathroom procedure during small group time? What are the expectations for transitions between center one and center two? Or what do transitions look like when the timer goes off? Will you even use a timer or will you use a bell or will you just simply use your own voice? As a teacher, you know the importance of having procedures in place in the classroom, but it is crucial if you are going to run effective small groups and stations that you really sit down and think about every possible situation and make a plan for that situation ahead of time and then explicitly teach these expectations to your students at the beginning of the year and then review expectations at the minimum at the beginning of each quarter. My number two tip is to keep all small group and station materials organized from day one. It is very easy to slide on this, but don't let it happen. Take the time to get your teacher materials organized from the beginning and then keep them organized by spending that 10 seconds putting away materials rather than just collecting a stack on the edge of your desk. I used to love using three ring binders to keep all of my small group notes and lessons all contained in one space. I also had about 15 billion of those Sterilite plastic three drawer storage containers that I would keep papers and station materials all organized. Even more important than how you organize your materials is how consistent you are with keeping them organized and how insistent you are that your students follow procedures for cleaning up and putting away materials. Number three is to provide engaging activities for your students. I'm not only referring to the hands-on centers that you choose, but also the independent practice that you assign and the lessons that you are teaching at your small group table. Nothing will get students off task faster and easier than boredom. If you are not giving them activities that are engaging, then they will quickly get bored and you never know where that's going to lead. My number four tip is to limit the size of your groups. Again, depending on the dynamic of the group of students you have in your class, this can vary. But as a general guideline, smaller is better. Smaller groups limit the amount of possible distractions and off-task behavior. 
meaning more practice for your students and more focused instruction at your small group table. I suggest no more than four students working together with a center activity or a game and then no larger than seven students at your small group table at one time. Number five is to give students somewhere to look for instruction and reminders. Do you have a specific spot on your whiteboard that you can dedicate to leaving instructions for what you expect from your students at each station? Could you give each student a list of early finisher activity choices that they can keep at their desk in a notebook or in a binder and then remind them to look there when they are in need? My favorite way to remind students of instructions and expectations is to display them digitally from my computer. I always used classroom management slides when I was in the classroom, and they work great because you can add anything that you want on them, including station timers. You could add group lists, assignments for each station, and reminders of expectations. I'm going to link my classroom management slides in the show notes for this episode. With this resource, there are over 180 editable classroom slide templates that you can use to provide visual access to the day's agenda, to station activities, assignments, discussion prompts, morning greetings, to-do lists, assessments, and the list really does go on because they are editable templates. If you want to check these classroom management slides out, you can use the coupon code SLIDESPODCAST30 to get the special podcast listener discount. That is S-L-I-D-E-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T and the number 30 to get this huge collection of slide templates for your classroom. Again, the link to find them will be in the show notes at UpperElementarySimplified.com forward slash episode 19. Moving on to the number six tip for providing effective small group instruction in your classroom is to set up a system for students to ask questions. You know that students think that they can't go more than five minutes without having direct access to you, but they really can. I loved using a three before me procedure because it is a great way to make sure that your students are learning to problem solve on their own without your help for every little thing. If you're not familiar with three before me, it just means that when a student has a question while the teacher is with a small group of other students, the student that has the question should ask three other students nearby what their question is. And then if they don't get the answer they need, then they can come to the teacher for help. When I was in the classroom, I took this a step further. If students didn't get the answer they needed from the three people they asked, then they were expected to sign up on my three before me board. And then when I came to a break in my small group instruction, I could call them over to answer their question. This break could be during a transition or even when I had stopped with direct instruction and had the students working with a partner or independently on the activity. This procedure really limited the amount of interruptions that I would have um, if students came running over to my table every time they had a question, plus it reinforced problem solving and independence for them. Finally, number seven and final tip on my list of things you can do to provide effective small group instruction is start planning now. 
If you're listening to this in real time during the summer, then the timing is perfect for you to be thinking, planning, and gathering supplies, ideas, and materials to get your stations off to a great start at the beginning of the school year. Think about how crazy busy you will be those first few weeks when school starts back up. If you already have your small group procedures in place and as many activities possible already either created or purchased and printed, laminated, cut, and stored, and you have a head start on setting up your classroom management, you are going to be able to go into the new school year without that overwhelming feeling that you are already behind in your planning and stressed about how it will all get done. So start planning now, gathering materials now, and be ready when it's time for school to start back up. So a quick recap of the seven tips for effective small group instruction in the upper elementary classroom. Number one is have procedures for everything. Number two is to keep all small group and station materials organized from day one. Number three is to provide engaging activities for your students. Number four is to limit your group sizes to no more than seven at your table and no more than four working at stations. Number five is to give students somewhere to look for instruction and reminders. Number six is to set up a system for students to ask questions. And number seven is to start cleaning now to reduce overwhelm and frustration after school starts. I hope that you were able to take away some ideas from this episode that will help you as you are getting ready to implement or improve your small group instruction in your classroom. Be sure to check out the classroom management slides I linked in the show notes and use the coupon code SLIDESPODCAST30 to get the podcast listener discount at UpperElementarySimplified.com forward slash episode 19. I hope to see you back here next week so we can start talking about some first week of school activities. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Upper Elementary Simplified. I hope you are able to take away something useful that will help you grow as a teacher. I do have a quick favor to ask before you go. If you are enjoying the podcast, please let me know by leaving me a review. It really does make a difference because reviews impact search results, which helps me to expand my reach to other educators. Plus, I love to read my listeners' comments. Until next time, keep life simple.